You are listening to the FDNY Pro Podcast featuring members of the New York City Fire Department. We want to share stories from the field, best practices, lessons learned, and help save lives. Welcome to the FDNY Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Battalion Chief Brian Mulry. Today I was speaking with Battalion Chief Chris Iser and Lieutenant Ray McCormick. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Maybe we could uh, just start off, Ray. I've had the opportunity to work with you in the past. I know, but maybe give everybody a quick bio. It's nice to be here. I'm Lieutenant Ray McCormack. I'm a 37-year veteran of the FDNY, and I've spent my career as an officer both in the engine company and in the ladder company. Uh, how you doing? My name is Chris Iser. I'm on the job for 23 years. I'm a covering battalion chief. As a firefighter, lieutenant, and captain, I spent my career in tower ladders, and uh, looking forward to talking about apparatus placement today. It's a broad topic, apparatus placement. We could probably talk all day. We all know how apparatus placement is a critical factor in the success of any operation. The actions taken by the first to arrive units play a large part in setting up that success. Maybe we could start off first. We'll talk about some engine company placement arriving on scene of a working fire. What are some of the factors that the engine officer should consider when choosing where to position the apparatus on arrival at the fire scene? Well, obviously knowledge of the response area is important. Street direction and arrival of other units and where they're coming from. In other words, are we coming from the same location, maybe a, a double house, and we're both first due on the box. So that's pretty easy to coordinate the entry into the street at that point. When you get into additional firehouses responding or another unit might be out 10-8 on the air available and responding. So all these play into your response. Obviously, the optimum placement is to allow the engine company first access to the street. Many of the streets here in New York City are tight, and we would be unable to have another fire truck pass one that's already in the street. So that's number one. Get that engine in there first, and then follow it up by a ladder company. Um, where I worked a good portion of my career up in Harlem, the typical response would be the engine enters the street first, followed by the first due ladder company, the second due ladder company, and then the second engine company would usually come in. Whether they would come in facing forward or backing into the street, that is another option because, as we all know, it's easier to stretch off the hose bed without going around the fire truck to get to where you want to bring the hose line. So a job can go very smoothly if we start that way. If circumstances are different, we're going to have to work around any issues that pop up, but the optimum placement is always engine into the street first. The area of the city you work in, like you said, a lot of double companies kind of facilitates that. Chris, what do you think about your area of the city? Is it as common as that? Are you an area that has more single engines, which would kind of lead to engines responding on their own and not with a ladder company? Maybe yeah, talk about I mean, that. where I was a, a captain specifically, and even uh, even as a firefighter, we ran in with a lot of single engine companies. So different than what Ray said, when you have that scenario where a truck company is responding by themselves out of quarters, and a lot of times the engine doesn't go with them because there's other single engines in the area, it does take a little bit more coordinating. Depending on the proximity of those engines, sometimes the second engine is in and maybe even the third before the first arriving truck gets there. So it's important that the engine keeps that in mind, especially other than first do. And I always think a good tool, which I worked with a lot of senior firefighters that did this, they get on a department radio and they would give instruction at times of which way to come into the block. That's very helpful. Depending on what type of ladder 
apparatus you're responding in. Aerial's a little easier to maneuver. Towel ladder takes a little more. That can help out a lot, having that good communication prior to the arrival at the scene. The other reason why we want that engine in there first is we typically backstretch. So the attack line comes off the back of the engine and the engine, the pumper, goes to the hydrant, which is typically located in their travel path ahead of them at some distance. And then they get on that hydrant and pump from that hydrant. So they are not in front of the building and operating from a water source that's remote typically by entering in first, they can go and get on that hydrant, maximize that hydrant, its pumping capability. And if there needs to be some adjustment by the ladder company that just came in, we're able to do that. They can move up now and get maybe the optimum position. Maybe they didn't get that initially, but they'll get that because of the way we stretch. Maybe you could, uh, for our audience, expand upon why it's not desirable for the engine to stop before reaching the fire building. Well, because multiple dwellings typically require the use of an aerial apparatus or towel ladder to facilitate the coverage of at least the front of the building, if not more than one side, the exposure side. And by blocking that capability out, we could have people showing up at windows or needing rescue in front of the building. So for us... Because we stretch from a bed that we can stretch great distances with, it's not a pre-connected hose bed, that facilitates the engine leaving the front of the building open for the ladder company. And that's the system we use, and it works very well. In places where the stretch isn't that long, isn't that distant, we still afford the ladder company that optimum space in front of the fire building, if possible. I think also it's important that we try to keep the stretch as efficient as possible. So if an engine company takes a hydrant, for a smaller building, a lot of times they'll take a hydrant prior to the address. Now we add another turn to the stretch because it's coming off, as Ray said, it's coming off a bed in the rear of the apparatus, and we're immediately making a turn with that line to go towards the building versus the way Ray was discussing before, when we stop past the building and we drop our line, it eliminates another bend in the line. Yeah. and just makes our, our stretch easier, more efficient as we move towards the building. Yeah, it really removes a member from the stretch in right. the early part and of the operation. Right, and frees them up for the other turns that are going to factor in. Sure, sure. And we will have operations where the engine is past the fire building, but the location of their water supply may be behind them. So the chauffeur will have to take the three-and-a-half off the apparatus and connect to this hydrant, which is prior to the fire building. So we typically try and get a hydrant that's past the fire building, but it could be that the water source might actually be prior to the fire building. So we're prepared for that. The engine companies have the fittings on the three and a half to do that. So our capability is the line can go back or or the apparatus can go forward. How about backing into the street? I want to talk about some instances where you Something like that may be more beneficial, whether it be weather conditions, a dead-end street. I mean, the engine, it's, it's simple. It's, it goes back to the, to the same principle we've been talking about. If the hose bed is facing the building, it's just making the stretch up much easier. You know, I worked with plenty of engine chauffeurs that would back in to the hydrant, and but their bed was facing towards the building. And it would make it easier if they were stretching a hand line or if, depending on how the fire progressed, if they had to supply a towel ladder, it just made it that much easier because now the bed in the three and a half was facing towards the apparatus that you'd be supplying. Right. So that made it more efficient. It can look kind of funny to the members of the ladder company that 
we would make a right into the street for the fire and all of a sudden they see the engine in front of them start to make a left turn and basically what they're setting themselves up to do is back into the street so when you know that that's what they do and you understand they're not going the wrong way they want to back into the street get that hose bed behind that second do ladder company so that we have more hand lines available to us if need be and they'll work on their water source from there or they might just back into the the end of the street typically there's a hydrant near a corner and they might just take that as their parking spot and get yeah. right on that hydrant so or they also may have the capability to drop lines off and continue forward which is back to where they came from and catch that hydrant so there's a lot of options for the yeah, yeah. heads up uh, engine company yeah and the second do engine company sometimes has that luxury of time to back in whereas uh mm-hmm. not always the case with the first do engine i think at ray's point is a good discussion in the firehouse at roll call especially for a newer chauffeur of a truck company you know maybe you make the joke that you don't follow the engine all the time because of that exact point right, right, right. you have to understand what they're doing second yeah, do yeah, so that's a good discussion for prior to the response talking about ladder company positioning and we're fortunate enough chris you have a bit of experience in a towel ladder and ray from an area ladder what do you consider the benefits of a towel ladder in front of a building a stable work platform depending on the type of building and the type of occupancy it gives you a tremendous amount of flexibility and it gives you a lot of versatility of moving around to different spots it's like being in an elevator and you can fly to all these different locations on the front of the building. It's very good tool. Certain areas of the city lend itself better to the use of the tower ladder. Larger multiple dwellings, depending on where the fire is, you might not have as much to do with it. But when you get into a brownstone or a roll frame or a private dwelling, it gives a very good stable platform. The other big advantage, depending on what you have showing on arrival, if you have a lot of people at the windows, it gives you the ability to move around and pick a lot of people up safely put them on the floor of the bucket sitting down and give them a safe ride instead of them having to negotiate an aerial down to the definitely, turntable down to the street. Definitely one of the towel ladder's greatest strengths, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Being able to get a lot of people out of the building, and our members including our members yeah, if something sure. goes wrong. You know, we can put a lot of people in there and get them in different spots yeah. and get them down to the street or wherever we're getting them to safely. How about downsides? One of the words <laughs> that we always used to talk about yeah. with the chauffeurs is patience. Yeah. Determination was another word. Perseverance. These are all things that you have to have when you're driving a towel ladder because it is not the easiest rig to get around the streets. And there are a lot of obstructions or obstacles that we have to work around, whether they're grade level, overhead positioning around the aerial apparatus, the engine apparatus. It takes a little bit of work sometimes. So if you don't keep those words in mind, you might abandon the operation earlier of, right. because it, it is difficult. Uh, add traffic flow, congestion, narrow streets. None of these things make positioning it easy. And you know what? You also have to accept that you're going to be unsuccessful at times. But you can learn from that and see what you could do differently next time to maybe make it more of a successful operation. Ray, I'm going to pose the same question to you. Aerial ladder, strengths, weaknesses? Speed would be one strength of the aerial ladder. Accuracy, I think it's pretty easy to get exactly where you want to go. Not easy, but it's one of the features. And then redundancy. The redundancy, I would say, is putting it probably up to the roof position so that we have a secondary way off the roof, a guaranteed way off the roof for our members. And if it's going to move, we tell everybody, but that's there for us. And that redundancy is important safety factor for us. We sacrifice capability of carrying multiple people 
obviously the tower ladder has good flexibility to get to locations that wouldn't be ideal for the aerial and a uh, safety factor too. yeah well. oh definitely a safety yeah. factor especially when it comes to civilians but speed is probably one of its greatest assets the tower ladder is a little bit lengthier operation but the aerial is fairly quick and depending on what you're going to do with it you may vent with it so you know it, it has a lot of different capabilities but i think the redundancy of the safety factor to the roof and the speed of its setup and its simplicity and the fact that you can pretty much manipulate it within certain parameters yeah. pretty accurately yeah and if i had to find a downside like i said there aren't many but i guess it would be the safety factor if you had removals they, they can become difficult right conditions. oh no doubt about it but it is preferable to a portable ladder of course absolutely much more stable platform. What are some situations where you as the IC would prefer having a tower ladder in front of the building as opposed to an aerial ladder? I think the type of construction, the type of occupancy is going to dictate a lot about positioning the apparatus. The preference for a tower ladder in front of the building in a, a row frame, a one-story taxpayer is, is important early on in the operation. And the same could also be said for a vacant building, having a tower ladder in front. I agree. It has to be consideration by everyone that's arriving there. And especially since it's sometimes difficult as a chief to undo what's already done when you arrive. So if the first two officers are all thinking on the same page that when you have a block of frames, you need to consider that a priority would be to get a towel ladder into position. Whether it's going to end up going to an outside operation or not, we have to set up for that early because you're not going to be able to undo other apparatus that easily especially once they start stretching lines, putting their aerials to the roof or whatever they're doing, it's a lot to undo. So I think that's important. We're pretty good about that. I think most chauffeurs driving an aerial have that in their mind. That's a conversation that people have. We want to get people up to the roof if it's a one-story building, mm -hmm. but we don't really need an aerial to do that. So we have to leave the front available for a bucket, again, not for roof access, but for when it goes to an outside operation, which those buildings end up doing that a lot, especially the one-story yeah. taxpayer. So if we don't do that early on, depending on the size of the street, the width, the access, it could be very difficult to do later on. And we've had fires like that where it's been difficult to get a bucket into position after it goes to an outside. That's well, that's where it's really incumbent on the chief on scene to get on the radio and communicate to incoming Absolutely. units prior to their arrival. I agree. And, and like I said, a lot of the chauffeurs that I worked with would get on the department radio and tell a towel ladder or the second arriving apparatus, which way to come in. But as a chief, it's something I always keep in the back of my mind that if that's not done, that's something that I'm thinking about as soon as I pull up. I want to undo whatever I feel could be a problem going down the road as quickly as possible before the operation gets too far into it. Yeah, yeah. But I think the combustibility of the building has a lot to do with positioning a towel ladder over an aerial, just as maybe the height of the building would leave more preference for the aerial to get into position because Unless you have a 95-foot towel at it, you're gonna you're gonna come up a little short in some of these buildings. H types, of course, is another consideration for the towel ladder. Getting that position near the throat early on hmm. is good in case it develops that way. But depending on where you work in the city, you could have three aerials there before a towel ladder gets there. Sure. And depending on what's showing, a lot of times it doesn't necessarily dictate that we're gonna be going to an outside operation. These things take a little time to develop. So it's just stuff to be keeping in mind. But I, I think it's extremely important for the chauffeurs and the officers of all the companies to be thinking about this. Because depending on what time the chief gets there, these things could be a little bit far ahead of us now to, to undo.
Ray, maybe you could expand upon uh, on arrival. What actions do the outside team, what do they take with an aerial ladder setting them up? How do they work together as a team? Maybe explain that to everyone. Well, it could be a member of the outside team is going to assist the shofa with optimum placement of the apparatus. In other words, they've pulled up, but maybe they need to pull up a little bit more. And this other firefighter will be looking at the building from more than likely the perspective of where the turntable is located so that they can give further direction to the driver to stop. They're going to look for a space for the outriggers. Hopefully there's enough space on the street or we may have to place them in between a vehicle. These are some of the considerations they'll look at. We may not be a complete perpendicular to the building, but the closer we can get to that, the better with the aerial ladder versus the position in the street. All that's important. Once the outriggers are set, more than likely the other firefighters doing that shuffle will run to the turntable and start to place the aerial where they think it might be needed. So it could be placed for the roof firefighter. It could be placed for the old V firefighter. So it depends on what type of building and what's going on with the building. So they'll figure that out on arrival. They know which is priority. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending if it's an isolated building, something like that, then the roof firefighter would get priority. If there's some rescue that needs to be made and is an adjoining building, It'll be the OV yeah, firefighter that, that will, will, will take priority for the operation of that apparatus. Is it much variance with the tower ladder? It's a little bit more difficult at times. Considering that there's six points of contact when a tower ladder sets up, there's two outriggers and four jacks, there's a little bit more to consider. At times, the rear-mounted turntable versus the mid-mount turntable is another thing that we have to consider. And... You also want to look at what your objective is. You know, are you lining the bucket up with your objective? And let's say the objective is a person in a window. Are we lining the bucket up with that? Or are we lining the turntable up with that? All those things are what you're thinking about as you're looking down at the ground to see if there's any manholes or vaults. Are we going to have to spot our outriggers down in between vehicles mm -hmm. that are parked? We're looking for our things that are overhead, wires, tree branches. All those things are factoring in to getting this apparatus placed properly. So it does take a lot, and it's important that, you know, it becomes a team effort between most of the time the chauffeur and the OV to get this accomplished. Like, the engine firefighters can help early on by getting the hand line out of the street. If we get the lines out of the street, that gives us a little bit more room to get into position. So, yeah, it takes a lot to get, to get it set up. But with practice and rehearsal prior to... The actual incident, it, it goes pretty well. Yeah, some of the best chauffeurs I've worked with, you see them drilling on, on ordinary runs. Yeah, it's extremely important. Most companies in New York City do a tremendous amount of running, and that can lend itself to a lot of training. You're going on a lot of runs, you can talk up where you'd want to position and cover all those things, point those things out to each other on a, you know, a run that we go on very frequently. Yeah. So that way, when we do turn the corner and... There's someone out a window where a well-oiled machine yeah, getting yeah. it done. Yeah, the repetitiveness helps. It's a good conversation for, for the outside team. And not to mention the surrounding units, the units that you would run, you run into a, on a fire as well. It Absolutely. It really creates a yeah, it's consistent a, it's, flow. It's a good opportunity to have a conversation with the aerial chauffeur you're running in with, the tiller. Yeah, I had seen uh, a recent fire up in the Bronx, and... It was an E-type building. They had a tiller ladder. was on the initial response scene, and they had three aerial ladders to the roof. I was actually at the job. Oh, okay. So, so they had three aerials up, 
Yeah. That was the now did the Tiller ladder, if I'm not mistaken, I wasn't there. Did it come in against? The, it came in against traffic. Against traffic. Because I'm senior. thinking about it. The so the turntable was up front, so they had three. Correct. And it was a, it was an E-shaped building, yeah. so they were a fast truck. And the first two engine had done everything we talked about. They were on a hydrant, and I guess they had communicated or maybe prior knowledge to the way the first arriving units would be coming in. The tiller came in the block against traffic, but there was no flow of traffic, so there was nothing wrong with that. They came in, and they were able to get their aerial to the roof. We had three aerials oh, yeah. to the roof. Every wing was covered. It was great. Yeah, no, the picture alone. It's, it's, it's a great picture. Yeah, it's a good know, picture. Really, uh, it's just, it stood out in my mind. Right, it illustrates Ray's point about you know, the having that, that egress, that redundancy. Uh, Ray, I know up in your neck of the woods, you do respond to a lot of apparatus. Any variations that stand out with placement? And you could even go into the engine placement as well, just in, in general. Well, I would imagine the second do ladder company behind a tiller, you're going to be hard-pressed to get a good spot on a small building because you're back pretty far, yeah, depending back. on where they place their initial apparatus. So what we end up doing a lot of times is we may not get the face of the fire building, but we'll get the adjoining, adjoining. roof space. So that's important also. Yeah, that lends itself to your neighborhood as well, though, you know, because there are a lot of adjoining. Yes. And, and I think the only thing I would add to that is that might be a circumstance where either the chief or one of those first arriving officers would tell the second ladder company to come in from a different direction. Once that first engine drops their line and gets to a hydrant, and if they're able to tuck off the street well enough, then the second arriving aerial tower ladder to raise point. If you park behind a tiller with a tower ladder, you're probably not reaching anything. No, you got you some know, distance uh, to make up. Depending on what, what type of building we're setting up, but you're very far away from the building at that point. What about other type of operations and ladder company placement? Like, Let's uh, touch on collapse. Collapse, it's important that we get the tower ladder in the block. You know, to serve as, as an observation post, it can give us access to the rubble pile and not only get people off, but get people there and sometimes get equipment there. It's very good for that circumstance. Besides collapse, if we have a person down in a trench where we need to use the towel ladder as a high point, it's important to get it into the block early on. We can still use the aerial as a high point, mm -hmm. but speaking to people in special operations, they would prefer to use the towel ladder just based on Rated. the construction and the rating of the boom itself. But personally, being at collapses as a firefighter, it served itself well because you're able to put people up there. You're able to get observation of the pile from a point of safety. And uh, it's something that you have to give priority to Yeah, very early on in the operation. A collapse bulletin puts a strong emphasis on having a tower ladder for yep. collapse scenes. So. It's probably the only bulletin that really goes into uh, who shouldn't enter the block in a lot of different yeah. Uh, degrees. They mix well together, though, the aerial and the towel ladder. What one does, maybe the other one doesn't do right. or do as well. Yeah. So when they're meshed together, you, you get great coverage. Absolutely. As a chief responding, you know, to have an aerial and a towel ladder on a box, it's reassuring. And, and the companies that run in with each other, they work well together. You know, if the aerial's going to the roof, but the bucket can make the fire floor window, or the top floor, depending, the brownstone or something like that, they complement each other very well. Yeah, I totally You know, agree. and cover the building well. Let's talk for a minute about tiller apparatus. Advantages and maybe one or two disadvantages we could speak to. How about some advantages of tiller apparatus, Ray? Well, I would say its primary advantage is the fact that it can make turns and go down streets that are very difficult for other apparatus to get into. The width of the apparatus is the same. It's the turning radius that's different. And they're basically in New York City in areas where streets are tight 
and the turn radius is tight. And they can manipulate that very easily, much easier than an aerial ladder or a towel ladder, which will have to jockey back and forth to make that turn. So probably their biggest asset is maneuverability. They have the same capability as an aerial ladder. It's just that their turntable is in a different location. Instead of being at the back of the apparatus, it's towards the front. Can you think of an instance where proper apparatus placement really made a difference later on in the operation? Absolutely. One of my chauffeurs took a lot of time to get the apparatus in position, and it made a big difference because two firefighters got trapped on the top floor, and they jumped out into the bucket, and the window lit up like 15 seconds later. And their captain acknowledged that if the time had not been taken to get the bucket in position, the outcome might have been different. A huge part of being successful with getting apparatus in a proper placement is practicing it and rehearsing it prior to a fire. I'm a firm believer if everybody riding on the apparatus and then we take it to the whole alarm assignment is thinking and are on the same page and understand the goals, then we're going to be more successful. In that instance that I just talked about, the person who had the OV, which was the person that was assisting a senior seated chauffeur of getting the rig in position, was in the company for a few months. But because we had drilled so much on different scenarios and things that we have to get done, he was able to help that chauffeur as if he was doing it for a long time also. And that was what made a big difference that night. Ray, maybe you could feel the same question. Just any instance that comes to mind, we had a successful operation that was dependent upon proper placement of an uh, area. Well, I think we have plenty of operations that come out well because of good apparatus placement. I think our chauffeurs job-wide are very knowledgeable and try and get optimum placement because they they understand they understand the big picture as for uh, rescue many years ago a firefighter was rescued from a window by a member of the rescue company who jumped in a towel out of bucket and flew the bucket up to the window and got that firefighter out and saved his life i've seen other ones where towel ladder couldn't make the roof but a firefighter came out of a window on a top floor and and jumped into the bucket Towel ladders are amazing, amazing pieces of apparatus, and so are the aerials. They're all great, and knowing how to use them is the key. Yeah, and it goes back to what we said earlier, how they complement each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, well, guys, I really do appreciate you coming down, taking the time, sharing your experiences with us. Super valuable. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure to be here. Glad to be here. Glad to contribute. Thanks for listening to the FDNY Pro Podcast. I'm Battalion Chief Brian Mulry. For more training and information from our department's subject matter experts, go to fdnypro.org. FDNY Pro is online at fdnypro.org. Subscribe today and get inside access to the FDNY. Learn more about our publications, professional conferences, and other tools for first responders. Train with New York's Bravest. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And when seconds count, the men and the women of the FDNY are there for us, to protect us and keep us safe when the unthinkable happens. No matter the challenge, no matter the danger, our firefighters and EMTs serve with honor, dedication, and bravery. New York's bravest are there for us. Let's be there for them. Your support of the FDNY Foundation ensures that the world's best fire department has the world's best training, equipment, and education. Go to FDNYFoundation.org and help New York's bravest save a life today.